Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode of It's Time, we'll listen to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of 2 Samuel. This book is especially important as it focuses entirely on the life of King David, the line of Christ. Examining the triumphs and troubles of David, we can learn a lot about being a person after God's own heart. With the timely study on 2 Samuel, here's Pastor Mike. Now it happened when David had come uh, to the top of the mountain where he worshipped God that there was Hushai. Now, Hushai is an interesting person. He was probably an old guy. Uh, or or he, he might have been in some way uh, incapacitated. Somebody, maybe he, he had a limp or, or he couldn't walk very well or had arthritis or something. But Hushai came uh, to meet him with his robes torn and dust on his head, which showed that he was in grief over David uh, running from Jerusalem. And David said to him, if you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. So evidently, this is what he was speaking of, that probably he was either old and couldn't keep up with him, or, or, or he had some kind of infirmity in some way. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, just as I have been your father's servant previously, so now I will be your servant, that you may defeat the counsel of Ahithophel for me. Now, friends, listen, this is neat. Because here you find David praying, saying, God, turn Ahithophel's um, counsel on himself. You know, make, make it not happen. It, make it turn into foolishness. And before he got up to the top of the hill, here comes Hushai saying, I'll go with you. And he goes, no, no, you'd be better off to go back to the city and defeat Ahithophel's counsel that he's going to tell Absalom. And, and by the way, as we read this here, what Hushai said uh, and what Hushai did saved David's life. Now, friends, I, I wonder about something. Ha, had David not prayed, Hushai came into his life, David may not have lived because what he did, instead of spazzing out when he heard that Ahithophel, one of his smartest counselors, had joined the, the dark side, Luke. Instead of spazzing out, he goes and he prays. And before David gets to the top of the hill where he had just prayed and worshipped God, Hushai is there saying, how can I be of service to you? Man, I'll tell you, sometimes answers to prayer come in very unusual packages and sometimes crippled old men. Now, that ought to give anybody in this room hope. So he said... If you go with me, you'll be a burden to me. But if you return to the city, say to Absalom, I'll be your servant, O king. Well, you'll be able to defeat the council of Ahithophel for me. And do not have Zadok, and don't you have Zadok and Abathar, the priests, with you there. In other words, there's still a few people loyal to me there in Jerusalem. So you're not there all alone. You have the priests there. By the way, the reason the priests were loyal to David, because they knew what, what, what Absalom was doing was wrong. That's why they remained with uh, David. And so, therefore, it will be that whenever you hear from the king's house, that you will uh, tell Zadok and Abathur the priests. And so, in other words, he said, listen, whatever you hear, uh, the priests are my messengers and they'll get me the message. Because we remember earlier, remember he said, look, you're a seer, you're a prophet. When you hear something from God, you come and tell me. So now he's got... He's got uh, the priests listening to God and also now to Hushai. 
Indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Amaziah and Zadok, uh, Amaziah Zadok's son, and uh, Jonathan Abathar's son. And by them you shall send me everything that you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, went to the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. David preserved Jerusalem. Not, uh, he didn't turn it into a bloodbath. He just got out and uh, let God deal with it. Well, when David was a little past the top of the mountain, there was Ziba, the servant of Mesibabeth, who met him with a couple saddle donkeys and on them 200 loaves of bread, 100 clusters of raisin, 100 summer fruits, a skin of wine, and a bunch of granola bars. No, it doesn't say that, but I just had to throw that in there. But that's what he was doing. He was giving him some food to do. And so the king said to Ziba, what do you mean by doing with all these? And Ziba said, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride on uh, the bread for summer fruit and the young men to eat and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. And the king said, where is your master's son? And Ziba, now this is speaking of Mesibabeth. Now remember, David, uh, a couple chapters back, said, is there any of Saul's um, family left that I may be kind to him? And we remember Jonathan's son, Mesibabeth, was dropped when he was a baby when they were being invaded, and he became lame on his feet. And so uh, when Mesibabeth heard that David was now king, Mesibabeth was scared because he would be the last heir of Saul to take over the throne. And so Mesibabeth thought, uh-oh, David's coming to get me, to kill me. And instead, David came, got Mesibabeth, and said, from now on, you're going to eat at my table every day. Now, we talked a little bit about that, that that's a lot the way the Lord is. A lot of times people think, well, I don't want to go to church, or I don't want to hear about God because they're going to whoop on me and kill me. And rather, the opposite, when... You hear about the Lord, God comes and brings you to his table and feeds you and fattens you up real good. He <laughs> doesn't chase you off, but he blesses you instead. Well, that's what David did to Mesibabeth. He didn't kill him, being the last son of the predecessor. What he did instead was bless him and restore to him all the things that were lost, all of his properties and all those things. And so Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he's staying in Jerusalem, for he has said, Today the house of Israel will restore the kingdom to, uh, uh, my father, of my father to me. Now, friends, Ziba is lying through his teeth. In fact, what's really unfortunate, David got a lot of really bad information from people. We remember when, when Absalom killed his half-brother, a message was sent to David saying, All your sons are dead, David. Absalom has killed them all. And David tore his clothes. Well, here's the problem. We find another lie being told to David. In fact, message came to David later on saying, no, no, not all your sons are dead, David. Only only the one is dead that Absalom killed because of what he did to um, uh, his his sister. And so here we find that... um, Mesibabeth never said that now the kingdom is going to be restored to me. We find that later on. And so we'll find out what happens to Ziba in his lie. But, you know, for a while, even a lie sounds believable. It, was, it worked for him. So the king said to Ziba, Hear all that belongs to Mesibabeth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you that I might find favor in your sight, my lord the king. Kind of like a Ferengi or something. I don't know. 
you know, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever, you know, there's a lot of people like that. They don't care what side of the fence they fall on as long as when they land, they're on their feet. Well, Ziba evidently was that kind of a person. He brings a present to David and says, and by the way, uh, Mesibibus now says that he's going to be king again. That's what this is all about. Well, again, Mesibib never said that and he was still loyal to David. Now, when King David came to Bahum, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out continue, uh, um, He came out cursing continuously as he came, and he threw stones at David and all the servants of, uh, of the servants of, of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on the right hand and on his left. Also, Shimei said thus. When uh, he was cursed, come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue or worthless man. Or literally, some people believe it's saying you son of the devil is what he's saying to David. The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you're caught in your own evil because you're a bloodthirsty man. Now, that isn't really what happened either. Uh, we remember that David, in fact, wouldn't raise his hand against Saul. And whatever he could do to preserve Saul, uh, Saul's kingdom, he did. So he did everything that he could do to preserve. And yet he's being accused of just the opposite. Well, Abishai. Now, Abishai was, as we read back earlier, he was one mean dude. He was like one of those Georgia championship wrestling dudes. You know, big muscles and all that kind of stuff. He was like a mighty man. And Absalom said to the king, why should this dead dog, talking of Shimei, why should this Shimei guy curse my lord the king? Please, let me go over and take off his head. <laughs> you look at this and say, you know, who is this? Nothing. Let me go over and whack this dude. And David said, what have I to do with you, you son of Zura?" So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, curse, because, uh, curse David. Who then shall I say, why have you done so? You know, here David uh, is saying, well, if that's what he's saying, maybe God's told him to do that. So leave him alone. Now, here you find in this particular verse, where Jesus said, bless your enemies and do good to those who curse you. Here's an exact reference of what you might find. Here's somebody cursing David. David could have had his head immediately cut off and it said David didn't do that. David said to Abishai and all the servants, See how my son who came up from my own body seeks my life. How much more now may may this Benjamite leave him alone and let him curse for so the Lord has ordered him. I think at this point David again felt so bad concerning what he had done. We remember that Nathan the prophet said, you'll never have peace in your home ever again. And I think that, that David uh, just felt that this is what I deserve. And so don't, don't, don't kill him because this is just part of the, the thing. Uh, most likely, the pronouncement upon David was not known by maybe everybody. We remember that it was Nathan that came by David's house with the little story about the ewe lamb, the rich man who had everything and the poor man who had nothing. And so we remember that, that um, David had um, Uriah killed so he could uh, take his wife who he had gotten pregnant so that no one would know. 
but God knew. And, and, and so David, uh, remembering that, uh, that uh, Nathan came by and said, said um, well, from now on, you're not going to have any peace in your house either. And uh, there's some other things that are going to happen as well. Uh, and so David just says, this is part of what's coming to me. And so he didn't, he didn't fight a shimei. He just said, well, yeah, I guess this is, this is the recompense. Verse 12. It may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. And David and his men went along the road. Shimei went along the hillside opposite him, cursing as he went, throwing stones at him and kicking up the dust. This guy is just a real nutcase, you know. David's walking along and all of his guy and this guy's on the other side, you know, screaming and taunting him and all these kinds of things. Now the king and all the people who were with him became weary, and so they refreshed themselves there. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. And so it was when Hushai, uh, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. And so Absalom said to Hushai, Is your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with uh, David or your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, uh, whom the Lord uh, and his people and all the men of Israel chose, uh, his I will be and uh, him I will remain. Furthermore, whom shall I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served your father's presence, so I will be in your presence. And so Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give counsel to me what I should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go uh, to your father's concubines, whom has, uh, he's left to keep his house, and all of Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then, your hands, uh, then the hands of all those who are uh, with you will be strong. And so in other words, just so everyone knows that David is not going to come back and take over the throne, you go and set up a little tent on the, on the king's palace and you bring every one of the concubines into the tent and you make it with them and it will be such an abhorrent thing for David that he'll never return. you got to realize this, that was kind of kinky. So anyway, so they pitched a tent for Absalom on top of the house. Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all of Israel. So I'll tell you, talk about uh, X-rated entertainment from downtown Jerusalem. This was it. Very unusual kind of thing here. But by the way, somebody else saw all this too, and that was God. And what Absalom was doing to make such a reproach in his father's sight, he was becoming a reproach in God's sight as well. The council of Ahithophel which he gave in those days as one who had inquired of the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and Absalom. And so this guy just was on the beam. He, he knew the, the mentality state of, of people. He understand what made him clock and what made him tick. And so he would give David, he would now give Absalom this uh, advice. So verse, uh, seven, uh, verse 1 of 17, he says, Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. And I will come upon him while he's tired and weary and weak, and I will make him afraid. And then all the people who are with, me will f- with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. 
Then I will bring back all the people with you. Uh, when you when all return except the man whom you seek, then all the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom with all the elders of Israel. So he's saying, listen, David's tired. Assemble a big army right now and go get him. And, and, and when they see this big army coming, those that are loyal to David, that 600 guys, they're all going to flee and leave and then just kill David and, and then you can bring everybody back and you'll be at peace. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. And Hushai said to Absalom, the counsel that Ahithophel has given you is not good at this time. For Hushai said, You know your father and his men, and that they are mighty men. And they are enraged in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with all the people anyway. Surely by now he has hidden himself in some pit or in some other place. And it will be that when some of them are are overthrown at the first, whoever hears it will say, there is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. He's saying, listen, you're going to go up against the 600 men. You're you're not going to find David anyway. David's a smart man of war. He's probably, you know, he's got his 600 men there, but he's probably camped off in a pit or up in the cracks in the crannies or someplace. You're not going to get him like that. And and then when that 600 men turn on your 12,000 men, they're going to slaughter him. And then that's going to go through the land that that, um, Absalom wasn't successful, that he got beat trying to get David. And even he is valiant whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all of Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore I counsel that all of Israel, uh, all of Israel will be freely gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand which is by the sand of mul- uh, multitude, that you would go to battle uh, in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found and we may fall on him like the dew that falls on the ground. This is a little poetic thing he's doing here. It's kind of stroking him a little bit saying, listen, you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find him. We'll get him. You know, we'll, we'll get him when everybody's not around. And all the men who are with him, who are with him there shall not be so much uh, left as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into the city, Then all of Israel shall bring ropes to that city and we will uh, pull it into the river until there is not one small stone found there. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For the Lord has purposed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to intend that the Lord may bring disaster upon uh, Absalom. It is interesting here. Had Had Absalom listened to Ahithophel, David would have died. David was beat. David was tired. But Hushai, going back and saying, look, if you go after David tonight, they're going to fight like madmen. And it scared Absalom. And Absalom said, okay, okay, we won't do that. Hushai's advice is better than Absalom's. We're going to back up. But remember how Hushai came along. It's when David said, God, turn uh, turn, uh, Ahithophel's wisdom to foolishness. And because he prayed, God heard that prayer sent before David got up to the top of the hill. Here comes Hushai. And Hushai, this old man, a lot of people say, well, that person's an old guy or that person's an old lady. What good can they be? For the kingdom of heaven. Might make the difference of whether a king lives or dies. And that was certainly the case with, that was certainly the case with, with uh, David as he prayed. 
And here comes the answer to prayer. And just as David thought and prayed that he would do, he did and turned Ahithophel's advice to foolishness. Then Hushai, verse 15, said to Zadok and Abathar the priest, Thus and so Ahithophel counseled Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have counseled. Now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend the night in the plains in the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all those people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan stayed in Elrog, for uh, for they dared not be seen coming into the city. So a maidservant would come and tell them, and they would go and tell King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom, but both them uh, went away quickly and came to the man's house in in Bethram, who had had a a well in his court, and they went down uh, into it. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread grain on it, And the thing was not known. And then when Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, Where is Amaziah uh, and Jonathan? And the woman said, They have gone over uh, the brook, and when they had searched, they could not find them. They returned to Jerusalem. So this woman uh, put them down in a hole, covered the hole over with with a blanket, put some grain on it, and uh, meanwhile they're down hiding away. Now it came to pass after they had departed, they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise, cross over the water quickly, for thus Ahithophel counseled against you. So David and all the people who were with him crossed over the Jordan. And by morning light, none of them were left who had not crossed over the Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, his saddle, this is, this is really bizarre here. When Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey, arose, went home to his house, to his city. He put his household in order and hanged himself and died. Talk about a person filled with pride who when his advice was not followed, he went home, put his house in order and hanged himself. Now talk about oxymorons. This is a good one. He put his house in order and he hanged himself. How do you put your house in order and kill yourself? I don't know. But the Bible says this is what he did. He went home, put things in order, and killed himself. And he was buried in his father's tomb. Then David went to Mahanamin, and and Absalom crossed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. And Amasa said, uh, Amasa was the son of of the man who was the name of Jithra, of Israelite who had gone into Abigail, the daughter of Nahath, the sister of Zura, Joab's mother. Uh, we'll talk about that next week a little bit. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. It's Israel. David's on the run here. It happened when David had come to Mahanamin that Shehobi, the son of Nahash, uh, from Rabbah, the, the, from the people of Ammon, Makur and uh, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar and Brahazile, uh, the, uh, the Gileadite from Rothalim, brought beds and basins, earthen vessels and wheat, barley flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, and parched seeds, honey and curds and sheep and cheese for David and for the people who are with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. You know, it's interesting how God provided for David even while he was on the run. We'll find what happens uh, to Absalom. Absalom's rebellion, 
His kingly reign was so short-lived, he's not even listed as one of the kings of Israel. It goes Saul, David, Solomon. It doesn't go Saul, David, Absalom, David, Solomon. It was so short that it never amounted to anything. The Bible says this, unless God builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. And so certainly you can see that in Absalom's rebellion and having all the right stuff, he still failed. And that's Pastor Mike Kessler, Senior Pastor at the River Christian Fellowship with Second Samuel on It's Time. If you'd like to have your own copy of today's episode, you can obtain one for free from the daily iTunes podcast. If you want a hard copy, you can give us a call at 800-357-4226 to place your order. And while you do that, don't forget that 2 Samuel is part two of the first and second Samuel series available from the River Christian Fellowship. Please tune in next time for another relevant Bible study on It's Time.